Greetings, readers. This is the Recap Book Chat. We are thrilled that you're with us because reading illuminates your life like a star. As J.R.R. Tolkien said, little by little, one travels far. And welcome to the Recap Book Chat. Today we are going to be recapping the book of Lost Names by Kristen Harmel. And it is a, a recent book. It was published in 2020. And uh, how did you hear about it? I have 2021 on mine, so I don't know if there's a discrepancy oh. there. But maybe oh. that's when the audiobook. We did this on audiobook and the narrator was Madeline Maybe. And um, a dear friend, Cindy Duvall, she, Duvall, uh, she's a bookworm and she's like, you've got to read this book. She usually does the audio book and the hard copy at the same time. Mm, I've done that before. I think with one of the Francine Rivers books before, I think I've done that. And it, it, I liked it, you know, because you don't, you never, if you're doing something, you still continue with the story. Yeah, she so, said, well, you know, when you're washing dishes or something, you've got the audio, and then when you can sit down. I mean, I think that's good to mix it up. I, I would say this is a great book for audio, though. If you're traveling, like, this one, I feel like it captures you at the beginning and doesn't let you go. <laughs> like, I, you're into it. It was always hard for me to stop, uh, yeah. listen, you know, stop listening whenever I needed to. So, um, Kristen Harmel, she uh, used to be a reporter for People magazine, and I think a lot of her articles have been in other magazines, Men's Health and different things like that. Um, so I think that's where she got her start. But she's done quite a few books, but I think this is the only one of hers that we've read. Yes. Thus far. Well, and, and, it, and it has 416 pages, so that's quite a, it's quite a undertaking. Well, it didn't seem that long getting through it on the audio because I, I listened quite a quite a bit so it's a historical fiction novel and it takes place uh during world war ii in france in paris so, it starts out in paris anyway mm -hmm. really if you've read the nightingale and you like the nightingale you'll like this yes it's along the same lines for sure because it's a, you kind of get a look at the resistance and um which is i mean that was so, you don't really think about that a lot of times when you think of World War II, but the French resistance, the the underground movement that, that's impressive, that they were able to come together and work together and and help people escape and, and do what they did, you know, to battle the Nazi. It's really impressive, you know. Well, and the fact, you know, she ends up using her gifts. She's very artistic, and but that's not what she wants to pursue uh, she's going to college and she's like, what is she in English? She, she loves reading. So is it English literature or something? Mm -hmm. And um, her, her father's employer employer tells her, you might need to do what you, what you do best at this time or something like that. And remind me of um, Esther in the book where her, um, is that her cousin Mordecai? Yes, I think so. He, he tells her you, who, you know, who's to say that you were for this moment in time? If you don't do this, someone else will. It'll yes. come through someone else besides you. So um, she steps up. 
And in the book, it looked like Eva, but in the in the audio, it sounded like Ava. Yes. So that's what it sounded like. Yeah, you're right. It sounds. It looks like Eva, but I would have called it Eva if I had read it. But in the audio, they say Ava. Mm-hmm. So, so that may be a a country thing. Like you know what I'm saying? It's possible. Her name is it. It pronounced Trobe or Trob, but it looks Trobe. like something different. Trobe. Uh, and she was a Jewish girl, and she was um, the only child of her mother and father. And her father was a typewriter repairman. And uh, there was, um, so they had a brief warning at the very onset of the, when the book starts, she's, it's in 2005, and she's a kind of a semi-retired librarian. And she really uh, loves books. And so I liked her from the get-go, you know, mm-hmm. early liked it. But then it flashes forward to the 1940s when uh, this, um, I think he went to school with her. Her name, his name was Joseph or Joseph or whatever they call him. But I'm, I'm just going to call him Joseph. And he says, tell your family there's a list coming out and they're going to be um, gathering. I can't Jews. remember how many. Was It was a big oh, thousands. Yeah. And so she tells her parents, but her parents says they don't believe it. And yeah. that although her, her dad did, her dad didn't believe it, but he did say, if it does happen, go see my boss, basically, like mm-hmm. he will help you. And so, and that, and told her kind of what to do, get some papers or, you know, get some, you, you're gonna have to get documents and you're going to have to go to Switzerland if it happens. But he said, I don't think it will. So I, that was, I think a good point that the author made is that, showing how it would seem like this could not happen. I mean, because they, they actually immigrated from Poland long, long time ago before Ava was born. She was born in France and they thought by doing that, they were securing uh, their future for their daughter, that she wouldn't have to worry anymore. You know, they saved their money. They bought their place. It was theirs. And so in their mind, they're like, no one can just come and take something away from us that we rightfully own. And boy, were they wrong, you know, but I, but I thought she did a good job of showing that mindset because I think we would all have that. I mean, think of your house right now to think yeah. that someone could just walk in and take it seems asinine. You know, it seems like that's impossible. Preposterous. Yeah. Yes. So it, I think she did a good job of showing us kind of their thing, because a lot of times when you think of World War II, you're, you're wondering, well, why didn't the Jews get out? Because there was red flags, you know, you think that kind of, but I thought she did a good job of showing the other side of that, where it's just like, this is our home and we've, we've, who could take, we bought and paid for this. You know, this is, we're, we're free in France and da, 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 all these things. So. Well, there is the, and I forgot what that's called, but the, um, it's, it's normal. It's hard to think something other than normal is going to happen. Yes. That you know, was like when you someone... walk out of a supermarket or a, a, or a store you, you think you're going to go to your car and get in, you know, but you're supposed to survey the area and because someone could be lurking in the shadow or lurking, but the, it's, there's a name for it, but you just kind of think everything's going to happen just like it always happens. Norm, Mm -hmm. normalcy, but it, it, it changed drastically for them. And, um, and, and by a fluke, um, Ava, what did they call her Ava, right? Ava yeah. and her mom are not in the apartment. They're they next helping, door. Helping someone uh, next door neighbors. babysitting the kids. And um, 
They take luckily, her father. Luckily, it wasn't a Jewish family either. It was a non-Jewish family they were babysitting for, or they would have still been taken. That's true. So. But, uh, and I think uh, everyone I've talked to that's read it, they really had trouble, and I'm just going to be honest with everybody, but they really had a lot of trouble with the mom. Yes. Yes, I agree. And I, but I think that's important to show just how some people like they don't handle stuff like that very well. Like she didn't handle, she didn't, she blamed her daughter for the the loss of her husband or her husband being taken away. And I mean, I don't know what she expected Ava to do, you know? So, and Ava never talks back to her, you know, like she says, you let them take him, Ava. (laughs) And she never says, what could I do? She never, she just lets her mother talk and talk. And I just, I thought, what did she expect? But she is kind of a negative and her mother, her mother's negative and her father's um, really positive. And I think Ava's a mix. She's a mix. All of the mom's suggestions were not good. Like, so she didn't even want to leave. And then when they left, she wanted to go back, which when their, their house was already being occupied by French people that have taken over. Um, And so like all of her suggestions were not (laughs) helpful suggestions but and that's one thing i learned uh, that honor and obedience are not the same thing because um ava always honored her mom um i felt like she did and then but she she didn't obey what her mom wanted so it's like i think that's an important distinction that you can honor someone and not obey them like there's a difference so yes and i had a good quote this is her dad's quote i mean this was about her dad He had taught her to love reading one of the greatest gifts a parent could could give a child and doing so had opened the world to her. I knew you would take that one. I was like, when I was getting the quotes, I was like, oh, that's, I know you're going to have that one. And I I thought of that. Yeah. And so when she looks around the apartment, when she's getting ready to leave, you know, she can't take all the books, but she's surrounded by those books that, um, and I mean, she mentions them later, like uh, Huckleberry Finn and all these books that, you know, Wizard of Oz, uh, some books are mentioned and they're all friends of hers, you know, mm-hmm. the books are. So. That, to tag along with your quote, there's another one that says, books, wherever they were in the world, always felt like home to her. Yes, so, good one. Good. I mean, that she, with that. She, she felt like, um, and I do think that, um, that may be some, that's a connection that her and her dad had and mm-hmm. would make you a more positive person because books, you know, you see a lot more and it, it shows you to, um, it, it kind of deepens your understanding, I think. And her mother, it never said that she read. No. It never yeah. pointed out that she loved anything, really, you know. Well, and I think they made the point to say she was married young and then she didn't really know who she was without her husband. So she's having huge identity issues and like, and then she just doesn't, I think she felt powerless where Ava, she has a purpose and, um, which she could have too. She could have found a purpose or helped some way, but she never did, you know? Yeah. That was the problem. I think she needed something to do. And Eva or Ava becomes a forger and she's trying to get all these, um, French children 
out and doing the papers and all this and man and it goes through that the author had to do a lot of research to find out what was needed and how to do that and I mean to me because for her mom and her she made these papers and she's having to artistically put a seal a stamp on there and draw it on that looks like a stamp yeah I was just I was amazed that she could do that and the interesting that you mentioned that because the author I was I looked that up and that she she has lived in France for a while before in the past and she still continues to go back over there and live for sections of time and do research over there so it felt like the author knew you know when you're reading about France it feels like you're there and that's probably why because she's she's been there so and we got to talk about Orignan. Orignan is the town, so they leave Paris, they flee, and they, they're managed to, to get out, her and her mom, and they're and through the advice of her her dad's employers, he said Orignan was a place that he'd heard of was a good place to go. It's kind of out in the middle of nowhere, and I guess the Nazis hadn't, it was in free France at that time. They make it there, and what's cool, what they find is, is a network of these people that are working underground um and just in saving kids and jews like it's just amazing the whole network that they have going and really the hub of it is uh Père Clément, which is the the catholic priest and he he's kind of in charge of this whole network of the town um but i'm like that just really made me appreciate these people because i mean they they put their lives at risk and a lot of them didn't make it but they saved a lot you know it's just amazing it was funny when he she met the priest because uh, he didn't look like a priest and she went to a bookstore she's trying to get this guy's following her and everything you know and actually it was the priest but she she does she has a bit of her mom in her and that was definitely you know when they when they met she was relieved but at first she thought he was a bad guy yeah and they thought the lady that they at the boarding house was a bad lady but she saw the papers she knew they were fake but she also knew they were good mm-hmm. so that's why she put the priest on her trail <laughs> because trail because them. she spoke the the mom because she was from poland so she had an accent and so they tried to cover that up by saying she was russian well the lady was actually russian and was speaking russian to her and she couldn't really speak back so she figured it uh. out this yeah. is a quote. I think this is a quote from the priest. Remember that God's plan for you might be different than the plan you have for yourself. Mm-hmm. Because That's he good. has to talk her into this because her main concern when they go is her mom. Her mom yeah. like wants to go to Switzerland. Uh, do not pass go. Do not collect $100. She just wants to go straight <laughs> there. And then here's this opportunity to help children. And so, like you said, she wants to honor her mother and and obey she does want to do both but there comes a time when she has to um decide and there was another and i don't know who said this but life turns on the decisions we make the single moments that transform everything Mm -hmm. i wrote that one down too that's good she takes that moment and decides that she is going to help and she is going to do you know she's going to do what she was supposed to do and uh and then, of course, her mom is, whoa, negative. They, they work there for, what, a year and a half, I guess, yeah. before trouble comes. But that, no telling how many people and documents she forges during that time. She works tirelessly. 
doing that. So it's, I mean, they save hundreds and hundreds of people, probably thousands, really. And she's so. really, um, uh, she's kind of independent and she doesn't want any help. And at one time he says, the path of life is darkest when we choose to walk it alone. But the reason she chose to walk alone for a while is because she didn't trust anybody. Yes. And the reason she didn't trust anyone is what, you know, what she saw in Paris, you know, she saw it crumbling, you know, and one time she's going back to Paris cause she wants to um, get her father out of, and I don't know the names. I mean, you're, you're doing a great job uh, pronouncing the names way to go. You're just, um, you could be reading these names. <laughs> anyway, well, I- that does help to listen when you hear that, like Pierre Clément. I'm like, I really like that name in Orignon. I like that. Notice so. I call him the priest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there, there was another forger there and um, his name Remy. was Remy. And she did not want his help. And she didn't want anything to do with him. But she, she says, I'm going to go get my father. I'm going to go get my father. So she tries. She thinks everything's in order. And 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 we don't realize that the chances you t- it is like Russian roulette because sometimes the they would let them go through checkpoints with no questions and then other times they would like scrutinize over your papers. Mm-hmm. I think that would be hard. But yeah. and and this one German, he's all he's about to come. He said, "Where's is this all you have? You don't have anything else." And and that was when it says, "What's your favorite part?" That's like one of my favorite parts because Remy comes in and says, oh, this is my wife. Hey, darling, blah, blah, blah. And he acts, he acts so cool and calm, but she doesn't really thank him. Like, I, I think she should say, oh, thank you. Thank you. But she's like, what? And he had the papers. He'd made some different papers, like a library card or other stuff. Yes. With her, with her other name on it. And she, I guess she looked a little Jewish. And that's why she was in, in the Nazi officer said, well, you don't need to let her travel alone because she looks a little, you know, Jewish at the end of all of that, whenever they got done. But I was like, that it's funny that you picked that. Cause that was my most memorable scene too. When Are he said, I'm not kidding because that's, <laughs> I loved that, that, you know, she's just like, at that point it was like, she was going to be, they, they had her, they had her at that point, And Remy came in and, you know, so I, I was like, I can't believe. Yeah, he even had like a he had forged a uh, a bicycle ticket for like driving without your lights on or something like that too. So, and then at one point she says, "Well, um, this wasn't a very good job," and he said, "I'm sorry, I was doing it on the fly." Yeah, <laughs> I was like, and yeah. that's I the only bad reviews I saw that the book got was some people said, "Well, she's a woman; she should be able to do it all on her own. She doesn't need any help." Blah blah blah, and I. That most of the reviews were really positive, but I said, are you kidding me? I can't believe, because, I mean, to me, it shows everybody working together, it, you know, mm-hmm. male and female. And, um, but you're, you're going to have some, um, yeah, we have these t-shirts printed up and it says readers going to read, I guess, uh, haters going to hate no matter yeah. what. <laughs> so there is a, there is a love interest with, uh, Remy and Eva throughout the book, which causes a lot of tension even more tension with her mom because her mom is Jewish and Remy's Catholic. And so, you know, her mom is really upset about her and, and they work together and, and she just has feelings for him that aren't acted on uh, initially for a year, a year and a half or two years or whatever. So, but her mom was, 
that that caused a whole other set of problems right there. So and her mom is actually pushing the Joseph guy who is Jewish on her. Yeah. Uh, and then they find out that he's like one of the leaders in the underground too. And he comes by and cause I guess the paper they need uh, to do these um, forged documents on uh, the Germans were noticing it wasn't the same or something. And then Joseph was bringing them higher quality paper and, Uh, I thought that was cool. So they make the document and then they fold it and then they fold it and fold it. And then they put stuff on it to make it look old. Mm -hmm. I mean, all that was really amazing. I thought, yeah, I mean, so much work, so much work went into it. I mean, it really makes you appreciate the the people that did that. So I didn't ask you initially, but uh, how many stars did you give it? Five. Me too. I gave it five. (laughs) I broke my four and a half record. I I gave it five because, and and um, and, and I I would have done it. I think even if I'd read instead of listened to the audio because it has um it has a lot of history in there and it has um a lot of I like those kind of facts about the folding of the documents and all that kind of thing and uh, I I just really I thought she gave of herself and it and at one point it said um. She gets, uh, the priest takes her to meet some of these children. She had, she's getting kind of uh, depressed, I think. And he sees that he takes her and she really has a connection with this one little girl who's reading the wizard of Oz and, and they just bond right there. And I said, I, I wrote this down. I've always thought those children, the ones who realize that books are magic, who it's those children that who will have the brightest lives Mm. and I thought that's what we want all kids we want them to have that because she's using that that little girl what was her name the little girl Mm, I can't remember I want to say Anna but I'm I may just be I'm reading another book at school and her name's Anna but she uses that book to help her Mm -hmm. because she said so I'm gonna follow the yellow brick road out of France yeah she felt like Dorothy she had been misplaced Yes, and mm-hmm. I just thought that was cool. That I mean, that that is true. Books definitely help give us uh, the connection points, you know. And it almost validated her. Like, yeah, it's like, oh, I, I'm feeling misplaced, and so is Dorothy. It almost a, a definition for how she was feeling. So, and sometimes um, I know Kate DeCamello, who wrote uh, "Because of Wind Dixie," uh, she's been criticized because she's written some heavy heavy books like uh, in that book the mother just left and in um tiger rising um the mother died and and someone some have criticized her because they said it's too heavy for kids and she said isn't it much better for kids to have that heaviness in literature before they experience it in life mm-hmm. and i said I oh, that's that's so good i mean yes I've, I've heard you say that before let's meet the problem first in literature let's meet it first when it's not in real life you know and then you have a then you have a scope of how to handle it or you know you have a context it's not something completely out of out of the blue it's not foreign to you and you have a game plan kind of you know you Mm -hmm. for one thing uh i think it was gk chesterson said i think it was him that said um Fairy tales aren't, because, it might have been C.S. Lewis that said fairy tales don't tell us that dragons exist. They tell us they can be uh, killed or extinguished mm-hmm. or something. 
Yes. And, and it gives you hope. It does. And I think that that's, if, if you think through all the literature and the traditional ones, and it still, stay, it still stays with us, why? Why is it still here? Why do people still want to read the same, the same stories that have been told for hundreds of years? Well, because there's power in print. There's power mm-hmm. in print. For sure. And what a connection. If, you know, she had read Wizard of Oz and the little girl has instant connection. Mm-hmm. Instant connection. So, And they're speaking kind of a separate language. That the right. language of books, you know, they kind of they make that connection. That's true. And uh, another good quote that I like was, uh, the greatest deeds in life require us to rise above our fear. So, and that's what she did. I mean, because she had a lot of fear and she didn't think she was brave, but she rose. I mean, she was super brave. And, uh, but she didn't think she was. Almost like it reminded me of the last bookshop in London. Yeah, great. She she never thought she was brave. She, you know, if you ask her... (laughs) Her attributes that would not be listed among them, but she was super brave and super um, generous with her time. Like she was always serving, and that's that's how I see uh, Ava too. She's she risked a lot. Like even going back to Paris was huge. She's going up to this Nazi camp that has her dad that she thinks has her dad in it. He wasn't there, but to get him out, and I'm like, she's a Jew, you know, like that's brave very brave so and then and she still is wondering because one time she saw the priest talking to uh, a nazi soldier and so now she's thinking oh i can't trust the priest Mm -hmm. i can't i can't trust the priest and she has to go to the bookstore lady and all this got to i mean she i don't know if we know what that would be like to not to be so um hyper aware that you really can't trust anybody, you know? Yes. I mean, it's, uh, the author made it sound like such a lonely feeling, you know, like, because who can you trust? You know, it's like, that's just, oh, it's, it was heartbreaking, even though, well, we, I won't get into that, but um, anyway, so tell me, what did you learn from this book? Okay. And I think we need to talk about, so when she was, um, at the time when she takes, like, let's say a, a girl's name is Anna. Well, they're going to forge her paper and she cannot be Anna. So let's say she's going to be like Judy or something. So she didn't want Anna to be lost. And it was Remy that came up with the Fibonacci code. And they were going to use that in this old, old book uh, and code all the kids using that uh, code. And I mean, I thought that was amazing. That and that's amazing. when, if you didn't already like Remy, and he stayed up all night thinking of this, because the priest basically said, no, we, we can't have a list. We can't. Because it's too dangerous. It. Yeah. yeah. And, and then I don't know if it was uh, Remy or the priest, because she said, we're stealing their identity. We're de-. And, and one of them said, no, we're saving them. Oh, she said, we're erasing. Erasing them. Yeah. And he said, no, we're saving them. So it was like the this every time they did a child's name on a different, they put the old name with this code, and that's what why it's called the Book of Lost Names because that's what transports her in two thousand five. She sees that book, and so she has to go after all these years, sixty years. Yes. She makes that trip, and then you don't really like her son because her son acts like uh, his mom's a bother. 
Mm-hmm. But he uh, doesn't know. He doesn't. She's never told him anything. He doesn't know about her past. And that's where it, it reminded me of the Nightingale too, because mm-hmm. uh, she she didn't either. And so, um, I, of course, I guess she had to decide. She had to pick an Ava to be, and she was the mom at that time. Mm-hmm. And she said, "I've got to let the other one go." But and that is where. So you're going back and forth. But usually you're in the 1940s mm-hmm. most of the time. Which, that's true uh, but yeah, i was I, like but it makes a lot of sense because you don't really because you know if you're older you're gonna remember your name but the younger kids you know when they get when they get to switzerland or whatever and totally new identities i could see how you could forget your name or maybe not even know it depends because some of these kids were super little mm-hmm. so then like what happens when the war's over like who who knows their real name nobody you know because you've changed it and that's their documents say this and so um i mean it was really a genius plan but until well we won't go i won't go (laughs) it was it was a genius plan so but you do find out uh that there's a traitor in the resistance and um, you and there again, where Ava has been so cautious. So like uh, when Remy decides he wants to take kids across, he wants to do more. Remy just wants to do more than be a forger. Uh, so they have a girl come in. And uh, of course, you know, she's really good and, uh, and it takes a while, but they do kind of, I think, end up trusting each other. Mm-hmm. But they're working in this little library in the church and they have a key and they can lock themselves in and work. And but again, if you she's out of her comfort zone a lot because uh, just when one she gets used to doing one thing, then bam, something happens. So she has to change. And then, you know, it just um, I, I feel I feel like her life was like a roller coaster. Mm hmm. For she, sure. Uh, you know, and, and then when she went, when Remy was with her and they went back to Paris, she wants to go to her, her home. It's an apartment. She wants to go back there. And, and Remy's like, um, no, we can't stay there. And she said, well, yes, we can. And he's and, and instead of arguing with her, he takes her there and he says, wait here because people recognize you. He walks in. He said, um, the, there's a family living there. What? You know. and he described them, and it was her neighbor that they were babysitting for. That uh, she had had a family emergency, and that she had asked um, Ava and her mom to babysit, and they did. And I'm just like, wow, just you know, some people, because their apartment was bigger because the Jews were pretty affluent, I think, mm-hmm. and people don't understand that, you know. So a lot of people, because they worked hard, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? You know, you should be, if you're a Christian, you should be the best worker you can be. And I think that's what they were. And her dad was gifted in fixing those typewriters. And it really made me want a typewriter. <laughs> I was like, I really want just an old fashioned, not electric typewriter. Yeah. That, did, did that resonate with you at all? I mean, I was really wanting a typewriter. No, I didn't. I didn't get the typewriter bug. Oh, well, but going going back on what you said about the traitor, I that's one thing that I said that I did learn from the book, which I guess I just hadn't thought about it before. But I would but a traitor uh, in the the French was was worse than the Nazis, like because a traitor does, I've you know, so much damage. Like uh, I was just like, 
because you are it's just un- unbelievable that people did that but you know like it's it, it's bad it's it's worse than just staying silent you are tr- you know you're giving people up you're costing people's lives and, mm-hmm. and i'm just like man and then you're breaking trust like people already don't trust the nazis you know it's like oh we don't trust you but if you're a traitor then you people trust you and you're breaking that so yeah i was like oh that was that was upsetting to me but, and and I kind of knew who the traitor was. I figured that out. So that's figure outable. Uh, but no, I, was, I didn't. I didn't see didn't? that. Mm-mm. Oh, I I saw that. And it's weird because uh, Caleb, your brother called me, and he's talking about a book he's reading about Benedict Arnold, which that's like uh, the icon for a traitor. Yeah. And he said at one time Benedict Arnold was like George Washington's go-to man. And he got wounded and it took like a year to heal from this wound. And he just didn't think he got uh, accolades enough, you know. Uh, And then he married a loyalist. And then there, you know, the rest of the story. But I'm saying what causes someone to be to be like Patrick Hale and uh, Patrick Henry and Nathan Hale, Nathaniel Hale. Give me liberty or give me death. I regret that I have but one life to live for my country or to be a traitor what causes that difference you selfishness know? i guess because like you said he didn't he didn't get the accolades he wanted and that's very selfish and to be the other way you're thinking outside of yourself mm-hmm. but so, i mean yeah. it was it was to me that's it's powerful uh and poignant because you there were traitors and so mm-hmm. she put that in there i mean it, it was happening there were yeah traitors. i mean that just makes it again who do you trust you know and they were pretty good about not divulging a lot of information i felt like you know they kept a lot of things under their hat as best they could well you had the bookshop lady she was you know and i think after a while uh you know ava loved her because i thought i don't have the quote written down but when she first met ava the the lady gave her a book and it said um she said oh, I can't afford this or something, uh, you know, wh- why are you giving it to me? And, and the lady said, in essence, um, you look like you need it. You mm-hmm. look like you needed a book. And I was like, oh, my goodness, that was so precious. And sometimes I, I know you and I have talked about, like, we have a book stack going and all that. Yeah, I get comfort from just having a stack of books. I don't have to have them read them. Mm-hmm. Just have one ready to read. I like that. It's just mm-hmm. like some people might get comfort from having a pantry full of food. I like shelves full of books. You know, hey, it it get, it makes me happy. You know, so. yeah. Maybe. And so, how did you feel at the end of the book? I thought it was it just had a great ending. So just keep reading to the end, my friend, and you will not be disappointed. What about I- you? For me, it was a mixture. I was I was joyful, I was surprised, and a little sad. I was like, I yeah. was feeling all of those at the same time. And I was just like, huh, that's interesting. But yeah, I was, but it was a great ending. But I was joyful, surprised, and a little sad. So, well, you know, there was a clue that kind of told you what might be happening. So um, it, it, she kind of set you up for that. But I really do think, um, I don't know. I, I would read another one of her books because I think it flows really well. You mm-hmm. know, 
because to me, to take you back to 1940s and, and to do such detail work like the the Nazis and, and talk about what they did and because she described them like this one was really young. He looked like he was 19 and this one what you know, she she went into detail and um, and the documents, like you said, too, yeah. just the describing the work that went into that. So, OK, and one last quote. How, oh. Well, do we don't there is a traitor in the resistance and we call him a traitor. But and I forgot the Nazis name who was helping the priest, but he, he's we don't call him a traitor, but his people would. Oh, that's a good point. That's a good point. So and I call him a hero mm-hmm. <laughs> because he would tell them, get the kids out, hurry, they're coming and all that. But his people would have called him a, a traitor. So I thought ta- that would be perspective, maybe. Yeah. So that's that's a very interesting point. Like traitor is based like just like you're right. Like the British, they called Benedict Arnold a traitor. <laughs> no, they, they may so. have Benedict Arnold Day in, yeah. uh, in the UK. I don't, well, I don't know, but. All I know is they made an egg out of that. You want <laughs> they made an egg dish out of Benedict Arnold or something? Don't didn't they have a eggs Benedict? That makes oh, me yeah. think of what what are those made out of? <laughs> I mean, That's but, funny. Uh, yeah, go ahead, give us your quote. Um, we're defined by who we are in our hearts, who we choose to be on this earth. And I don't know why, but that reminded me of the Iron Giant. You know, that's a quote from the Iron Giant. Is like you are who you choose to be. It's like we all have a choice and like in the book someone someone chose to be a traitor someone chose to uh you know be a to to be a hero you know you 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 get to choose who you are and I just thought that was powerful I I do have one that goes with that we are only responsible for the things we do or fail to do ourselves Mm -hmm. And I, said, Ooh, I, I like that it has what we do or fail to do. And that was when, that's in 2005, when she's in Germany uh, looking at this book and the German, the German guy was apologizing for his people. And he wasn't even alive then. And he's saying, I'm so sorry. And that's when she tells them that, right? Like, mm-hmm. it, you didn't choose that. You know, you're only responsible for what you choose to do. And I, I like that. Well, so. I think sometimes people think um, because their parents might have chose a way that they're responsible for that or their kids or whatever. But really, in, in the whole scheme of things, you can only you can only be responsible for yourself, mm-hmm. good or bad. Yeah. And when you uh, you you've got to really that should occupy enough of your time that you can't micromanage other people on the flip side of that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? If you mm-hmm. try to tell everybody else what they ought to be doing well then you're going to lose that um your yourself what what are you what what about you and i i think that's a wrap yeah that's a wrap on the lo- the book of lost names by christian harmel we highly recommend it if you haven't read it this is a book that will stay with me i can tell you know you can kind of tell those books that stay with you and and i think this is one that will stay with you if you give it a try so Thank you for joining us. And on that, I'll say goodbye. (laughs) Keep that book stack growing and uh, keep that noggin knowing. (laughs) Catch you on the next one.